Welcome to Crouch, Bind, Set, the podcast where we talk about rugby, especially the front row. I'm John, and joining me are Dylan and JT. Let's get into this week's action. So, how's the week, boys? Uh, pretty good. My weekend's even better. Portugal back to its winning ways. Ooh. I saw that, thank goodness, yep. after the biggest upset in world rugby. We're not talking about that. <laughs> That's a funny stat. That, that, yeah, biggest... Wow. Dylan, how's your week on? Not bad. I mean, work was kind of slow in a good way. So, I mean, I've definitely earned one hell of an easy paycheck. Okay. We call that a win. Yeah. Uh, my week has been pretty quiet, so I, I'm willing to go with that and call that a win, too. Apparently, we continue to be very boring people. I mean, I got x-rays in my neck. They came out clear. Oh, well, that's exciting. But now we're just narrowing it down. All right. That's see fair. if there's something. Turns out hooker's not good for your neck. Who would have thought? Shocker. Yeah. Should have been a scrum half. Oh, well, that's just. If it didn't take me four years to learn to pass the one way, then maybe. <laughs> that's just a terrible thought, anyway. Yeah. Now, the only thing that was really not enjoyable as far as my week went was watching rugby. Good lord! Okay, what do we. Okay, Six Nations weekend. Any comments that anybody wants to make about the weekend overall? Another very odd week. Like, just almost kept thinking, like, this doesn't feel like Six Nations. Yeah, I think that's fair. JT? So I, I guess before I answer, I have a question. Are we summing that up on the back of what we just saw at a World Cup, or are we just specifically thinking Six Nations? Because if we're comparing it to what we just saw in the World Cup, I think it was always going to be a letdown, 100%. Right. But for me, it just seems like a letdown all around. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Right. I'd have to say, like compared to last year's tournament, I, I would think it's a significant letdown. But when you compare it to like the quarterfinal weekend of the World Cup, there is no comparison. No, and These, I don't think we will be able to for a little while. No. Maybe those summer series, maybe a game or two in there. But until then, I, I don't think the Six Nations don't have that sort of level of play. Everything is within really, really tight margins. The game is a little bit more stop-start. But again, still. Well, yeah. do, you, do you think it would be fair to say that people play the World Cup to win and people play the Six Nations not to lose? That's a very interesting take. and I, I've never had that thought, but I can't argue it mm. either. Almost like they, they almost feel more pressure because it's like six of them. And, you know, you always, England, no matter how bad or good your team is, your country always expects you to win, which is crazy because uh, going into yesterday, they'd won three out of the last ten games at Twickenham. Right. Like, we, that, I couldn't that believe that when I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. I would I would totally agree with you because I think everyone's got different markers. How France going into this would have expected to be five and five and win the whole thing. Ireland the same. Yeah. Scotland I think would have aimed for that three in a row, possibly a fourth game. Exactly. Italy would have looked for hopefully two wins, and Wales would I would imagine at least two to three. Yeah. Not be holding the spoon. Yep. Yeah. The end. <laughs> so a lot of that does go to back to your question that they're trying not to lose. And just hopefully pick up a scalp here or there. Yeah, I do wonder. Uh, I do. Um, but uh, just two weeks in a row where things just seem to be not what's expected, but not even necessarily in terms of upsets, just these games that are strange. Yeah. So let, let's start with the first one. Let's start with France Scotland. Overall opinions, among Son other of things. A bitch. Yeah. <laughs> God. Among other things. Finn Russell continues to cement his place as the, in my opinion, world's best fly half currently playing. Yep. Yeah, and like even like me especially the thing and the, it's fine again to talk about now, but like just things that 
maybe in the past tens we weren't expected to be good at, but he's a phenomenal tackler. Even round one, he had three or four dominant tackles that were actually a stat. And like he, he chopped, just yeah, he just hammers people. He like chopped uh, the loose head. Sorry, I can't remember yeah. his name off the top of my head. French uh, French loose head was barreling down his channel. Cyril Bai. Cyril Bai. Yeah, he exactly. chopped them. Yeah, chopped them. Yeah, like he just the dude can tackle, and it's and he refuse. I just I like the fact he refuses to. Uh, just completely play boring rugby. Yep. Like, no, I'm going to have fun. Looking at the last five minutes of that game, if Finn Russell could have won that game by himself, he would have. Yeah. Like, I haven't looked at all of the precise mechanics of it, but it certainly seemed to me like he was the one who affected that key turnover that got them that last attack. And then we have the TMO. Now, I, my own opinion, if you've left the game in the hands of the refs, you haven't done enough. No, exactly. Like, that's my fundamental. But that being said, what do we say about that decision? Rugby loves to put itself in these positions where everyone knows it's a try, but mm-hmm. can't award it a try. <laughs> yeah. I just hate that. You know? And again, I would have said this to his friends, too. Like, And I like that. Anywhere I've seen online, like, French supporters have all said the same thing. That's obviously a try. Like, they're not playing dumb. Like, that's that's an awful thing to be a part of. But there's one angle. The kid shows it. It, it hits the ground. But he, what more do you need? Yeah, and then he's, he, he literally, like, Timo talks himself back out of... So break it down, break it down. For him to say it's being held up, it's over the line, yes? That that has yeah, to be, correct. it's over the it line. It is over the yeah. line. Now Otherwise you see, it's not held up. Now you see that, that that is on the ground. Exactly. So by those two mechanics right there, by him saying it's held up, it's, you are now assuming it's <clears> over the line. It has to be over the line for him to yeah. make that call. The second thing is, you're seeing it on the line. So I'm not sure what more you need there. I understand someone's going to get crucified here, but... Make a call. Like, yeah. I, I think that call is the safest call you could possibly make because it, it, it falls within the rules and the laws that he's given yeah, exactly. by not awarding him. Yeah. See, I think that everything depended on the ref's phrasing to the TMO. Yeah. If he had said, try, try or no try, then I think that we know that the try would have been awarded. But because he said, is there any clear and compelling evidence to overturn my decision that it was held up, that's where we ended up where we ended up. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not, he, escapes, he escapes it because of that. Yeah. Correct. But yeah. at the same time, I so he doesn't like make point, a call. The point you made, Correct. like, you know, like, like order of event, or, uh, yeah, order of events, I guess. Over the line, held up, which means it was over the line. Correct. And then hits the ground. And I have that, but in that one angle where you actually do see it on the ground, you can see white grass between the camera and the ball, and yep. the camera's from behind the play, like from Scotland's side of it. So that means it's not even like it's on the line, that's over the line. So then, in some ways, this kind of leads to a larger question. And the larger question is, uh, to what extent can we allow these kinds of decisions to dominate a weekend? I mean, is it unavoidable? No, I don't think they are. But I think we have a role, to, not us specifically, but like a lot of people out there have a role to play that we, we don't highlight every game by one game-defining moment from yeah. a referee or TMO. we got to try not to do that for 100%, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so... Before, like, I'd love to criticize it even more, but I'm not going to because I also think Scotland's, at points, the decisions to not take points, certain parts of that game really pissed me off. Um, That last phase of play where you thought it was Finn Russell, the ball, Legarek, the the substitute nine, kind of mishandled the ball, and Russell was all over him, and then he scooped up the loose ball. And then for me, if you look, if you guys watch it again, you look one phase before, I counted... 13 guys on this side of the posts. Mm. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So essentially, if my math is correct, there should be a three on two out there. Right? Yeah, exactly. 
So there's there's a couple things that I uh, when when I think about this, one of them is that I have so much respect for Finn Russell saying in the post match interview, I thought it was a try, but that's the referee's decision to be make Fuck to yeah, make. Yeah, exactly. We should have done more. That's what I like. That's so right that's yeah, from the heart. I thought it was a try, but that's not what matters. Time to move on. Yeah. That halftime, that halftime, and again, it goes back to the questioning of what you're doing. That halftime, they got that uh, yellow card, they got the penalty, and they called the scrum. Mm. Yeah. It's 13-10. Why aren't we taking the posts? Yeah, exactly. Going up six points, and then we can reevaluate from there. Because they didn't get their next set of points until 57 minutes into the game. And that was the only three they got the rest of the game. So, yeah. Like, again, like, yeah, we left, like, we keep saying we as if I'm a part of stuff. Like, <laughs> it's not like a Leaf fan, you know? But, uh, <laughs> uh, you think about, like, like... I, I was thinking when we, like when I was playing, like yeah, okay, that one call went against us. What about that knock on half an hour earlier? What about this or that missed tackle or whatever? Like it's not a moment that loses you a game. Like yeah. Kyle Rowe, unbelievable, like, right? Like literally seemed to sidestep two people in the same phone booth. This, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Makes a break, just happens when he hits the ground, his elbow hits the ground, and it jostles your hand. Right. What if that didn't? Then all of a sudden, Scotland's got pressure on. France is panicking to get back because he just had like a sixty meter break and. I don't care how good you are, you cannot organize off of that next phase on a break like that. No. So, yeah, I think I think it's fair to say, and I think that you guys would agree with me, that if you're, no, if you're moving away from making the rugby game about these split-second moments that we hyper-focus on, yep. the reality is that Scotland didn't do what was necessary to seal the win. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Like and, I think it was just a little bit of mismanagement from I'm not sure who makes the calls at the end of the day between him and him and Darge Russell and Darge yeah I'm also the coaching box is Gavin Wards with them as well yeah I'm not sure who's making those decisions so I would definitely look at that and then to the further point of the coaching box why is it that Red Pat doesn't come into the 50th 75th minute I why was is watching I playing get the it. whole game why is Ben White playing the whole game yeah, exactly. I understand Xander to a certain degree because uh, Miller Mills yeah and unfortunately, Scotland doesn't have the depth there. So yeah, that's exactly. what I get. But George Horn. The, the Red Path. Red Path. One, I know. No, the Red Path one I was watching and waiting for the, the whole time. Especially, but, this is this is what I was thinking. This is, this is going to be a funny take for the whatever dozens of people listening at home. But, thousands, actually. Uh, growing by the minute. Yeah, yeah there we go. As we Van de Merwe and Damien Pinot. Absolute passengers, both both of them. It's true. So you get a game like that, and you got Redpath and George Horn, who's a more than more than capable wing. I would maybe left Ben White on because he was playing fine. Maybe put George Horn on the wing, and realistically, Vander Merville would have been the one to go on the day. And then you bring Redpath on, probably for Hugh Jones. Sure. All of a sudden, you're because Patterson played phenomenal in debut. Yeah. All that of a sudden, was... you've got a very bizarre. But new, like very, not bizarre, very different attack. Everybody welcome the new kid in town because he did a fantastic job. Yeah. Ben White box kicks. They, oh. France can't gather it. Next thing you know, the ball goes out. Patterson with the offload. To yeah. Hugh exactly. Jones, Hugh Jones a little bit back in. Yeah. Ben White scores. The not thing, bad. Like, hats off to him. Yeah, not bad. That great. I only, I only only knew he was a bit because I follow everything Scottish. Right. You know, you know, I, I, again, I could have this wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read that it was his first, his ninth professional start. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So for me, what defined that game more than anything else, honestly, was from the sixty approximately the 60th minute to the 70th minute, that negative play. And this is where I come around to the idea of teams playing not to lose. Yeah. yeah. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Nearly 10 minutes of kick tennis with... <clears throat> 
Finn Russell taking full advantage of yep. the so-called yeah, DuPont exactly. rule, yep. just staring at these guys saying, I'm just going to stand here. I don't yeah. know what you guys are going to yeah. do. Which, not necessarily the worst thing for that moment, yep. but, but for the game overall, when Scotland has a lead of six points and they're not in that two-score zone, why aren't you going after the game? Exactly. So I was looking at that. Now, the one thing I was noticing is I think there is there's some way, there has to be a, some way to take advantage of what France is doing because when you when you actually saw Scotland kick and you saw Ra- Ramos actually stop for a second, yeah. he did actually didn't have as much time because no. people were actually chasing. Right? Yeah, exactly. But if you look at the other way around, France does not chase the kick. No. no not at all. all. Yeah. So one team plays extremely negative, and Scotland sort of in a way was as well. Yeah. There has to be a way to take advantage of it. And I don't know if it's taking out the law or reintroducing something that makes it more beneficial to the team that's getting the ball. If you don't want to kick chase, fine. Yeah. What Stop. I understand the stop part. Maybe maybe don't let them stop. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going back. Must retreat. Must retreat until you get to the kicker. Exactly. He puts you on side. That's it. Yeah, Done. because... Either your team's going to adapt or your forwards are going to murder you. We want We're making them run literally sprints in the middle of a game. You want yeah. counterattack. That's the best open breaking stuff yeah. we're going to see. Make them retreat. Don't get rid of the law. Just make them retreat until they're put on side. Because surely, yeah. surely it's not a coincidence that France also has the biggest meat stacks yeah. Yeah, in I know. the forward pack yeah. who they don't want to move. Yeah. They don't want to be moving over that no. and covering that territory. So if you can't get away with that kicking game anymore... Okay, well, good night. Time to change it to something else. Yeah, the, the part that I found the oddest about that, like, and I'm happy you pointed out, is between 60 and 70 minutes that that whole thing was unfolding. Yeah. Because by 62 minutes in, French had unloaded their entire bench. Yeah. Yes. So what was the point of bringing all that in and then have these fresh guys just stand there and almost get more anxious? Because you come off, like the autumn I had to come off a bench, I was anxious beyond belief. It's like, right. okay, I've got to get involved instantly. You want to get just, into it. not making some ankle-biting tackle. I've mean, got to do something. So you got ten, you got fresh guys on. They're just standing there in the middle of the field, yeah. not along with all the spectators. What do I do? What is happening? Well, speaking of what do I do? What is happening? Let's talk mm. Wales England. Uh, <laughs> <we can> certainly <laughs> try. <laughs> I, oh man! Like when I when I predicted England to win, I did quote. I'm pretty sure I quoted. They will do it in the most boring, ugly way possible. You did the tape supports you on this? So, and I I I was hoping to be wrong, but. I mean, all the all the credit to Jamie George for trying, but fuck me, you're not doing it on the field. That's for sure. It's all talk. I couldn't find him. I like, I know I know that's not exactly the point that you're making. Yeah. Like connecting fame, I couldn't find him because I kept thinking, okay, it's great that you're being vocal about being a cap, like not your captain now, but like, but where did your game go? Like, what yeah. what is? Yeah. Unless I blinked every single time he did something, which I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, he doesn't happen. seem to in the first two rounds. Vanished. He doesn't seem to be a part of the game as much as he no. normally is. It yeah. was. Two separate times, which I don't know how many there actually were, that Wales hit five plus phases, or any team in that matter, but <laughs> I was specifically looking for him, couldn't find him. Right. But like, what, what's going on? You're a great player. What where, what are you doing? The one thing I will say is I, I think Ethan Roots had another fantastic game playing in that England style. Mara Latoje uh, played very close to his level. Uh, ben Earls played out of his skin, which was awesome. Once again, not hearing Underhill's name until about 25 minutes in. Yeah, he had I mean, one carry early. Right. And it was a good carry, so I thought, and it was not even a carry, he basically tossed someone aside, and I thought, okay, he's getting into it. And then, yeah, 25 minutes later, I think I heard him again. It was weird. I so, can't see him being in our next next game. It's no. hard to imagine. Yeah. So do we look at these Welsh kids 
and say, right now what's being forged is the team of the future? Or is this just throw all these kids into the mix and pray some of them swim? Yeah, see who sticks and who doesn't. It's the whole Red Dragon shirt beast thing, man. Like... Because the sum of their parts, a lot of those kids are the greatest rugby players. When you see when you see them play for their clubs, they're they're okay. They're average. Like some of them excel. Yeah. But when they put that shirt on, man, even even just the kids with a couple caps, that fullback, win it, whatever his name is. Yeah. Oh, Cam Winnie. Cam? Yeah. Man, he looks like he's been doing it for a while. Exactly. Like he it, looked he looked really good. Alex Mann. I was gonna say the whole, Alex their whole back, was incredible. Their whole back five, phenomenal. Like, wow. Like again, I said last time when it's shocking, Welsh just have this conveyor belt of back yeah. rows, but they all they that balance that they started with the uh, man at six, Rafael at seven, who I think personally was man of the match. Man of match. They lost. Yep. Played phenomenal. Yep. Let's not forget. And there's no Jack Morgan. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's what we gotta give. That's a he's good back, back row. That's a really he's good back, back row. Back in, he's back. Yeah, hundred percent. Actually, that was the same thing. I was I actually wrote down. I was thinking about with uh, Rory Dirch. He barely was fit again for this week. First game back in a while. Yeah, he played well. Thirteen tackles, yeah, two turnovers, played, he, forty-four meters. He played like, well. He was he was he was a bit of a difference for that Scotland back row. Yeah, and then uh, but like we we're saying with the Welsh there, I mean, Rafael's not losing his spot. Like he, he man's desperately trying to play, but right now when Morgan's back, like Rafael, if he's playing the way he is, he single handedly was trying to win them that game. Yeah, he was. But, so I'll give you just a few notes. I, I didn't take many because I got really fed up with the game after a while. I'm not going to lie. So I took a few notes, and I think I lasted till about 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The first 10 minutes, Wales just soaked up as much pressure as they could. That's that's pretty much what I saw. Yeah. The yellow card to Chesham, I wouldn't have. I, I thought that was ridiculous. I don't yeah, even know why agreed. the team all stopped the game. Agreed. Like yeah, the guy's six foot six, I believe. He's pretty low. Exactly. Like, I understand. Yeah, I know. But, like he's pretty low. Um, oh, then penalty, leave it. After that, there was an absolute period of just absolute nonsense for five minutes. Yes. That I couldn't even describe as worse. Yeah, I know. Then, then somehow, some way, Wales off of an English mistake get a penalty, end up in the twenty-two. First chance in the twenty-two penalty try. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Oh. The receding kickoff. Wales fuck it up. Scrum oh. five meters. Mineral picks with thirteen men and score. Yeah, and drags three people over. Sure, it was. Yeah. Ten to fifteen, and it was actually one of the very few things that I think it was man that was on that flank. On that yeah. Side. He. Like, one of the very few things he didn't do yeah, he well. Didn't. Yeah. Well, it was I, weird. I felt bad in sort of the larger context for Yohan Evans because it was just so obvious that he's not used to the intensity of an international. Like, at one point, he's, you know, fiddling around with the ball inside his own 10 meters, and he thinks he has two or three seconds yeah. until he gets smoked because he absolutely does not. Yeah. A proper 10 would probably really change that Wales team. I think it would give it more oh, direct. Sure. Just letting it, trying to force it to play in the right parts of the field. But who's that proper 10 going to be? Oh, yeah. I mean, who's that proper 10 going to be? But, I mean, you're absolutely right about playing it. They got strangled inside their 22. Yeah. They could not exit to save their lives. Yeah. I found it odd uh, when when England were down to 13 for that bit. England were the team that were inspired by it, not Wales. Like that was you, very because I know that uh, Evans messing around with the ball is online. I know exactly what you mean. Otoje yeah. was yeah. It was like someone sniffed him a pocket bump. Yep. On the sidelines <laughs> for that five minutes, he just went bizarre. Went ballistic for five minutes. Uh, it's like if you ever saw in the schoolyard the bully who won fights by sitting on kids. Yeah. And then they couldn't get up because there was nothing they could do because this big heavy bully was sitting on them. Yeah. That's yeah. what England did, and it was not pretty. Yeah. One guy I thought went uh, for Wales that went complete. 
not necessarily completely, but just about completely unnoticed for his efforts, was Elliot B at hook. Mm. He came in to start because the week before, their lineouts by Elias, or whatever you say it, was atrocious. Come in, hitting his throws. Uh, I, he was an absolute workhorse. He was one of their better actual players, I think, on the day. Just very, not as secretive, but not obvious. Right. Just he was everywhere. He went off 52 minutes because he was blowing. He, yeah. but he had left it all out there. Yeah, because he had been doing the hard work. Yeah. Like their their front row really impressed me because I saw it was him, Gareth Thomas on the left of him with Azarati uh, on the right. Yeah. I wasn't sure, but Azarati also he he impressed me. Not too bad up against Joe Mahler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the starting front row did quite well. Yeah. Uh, but then this is what we were mentioning off mic, watching Ellis Genge just out school Archie Griffin. Yeah, yeah. And you could see that they when they they do the crouch, they do the bind. And then as soon as they did the bind, you could see Ellis Genge move his head yeah. to give Griffin no space. And Griffin knew what was happening, Yeah, couldn't understand why the ref didn't see it. The first time it happened, popped his head up yeah, to exactly. complain. Yeah. But the ref wasn't having any of it. No. And as a result, this poor kid was getting ruined yeah. by what, I mean, for, for those of us who come from front row land, that's a relatively simple trick. Very simple. And I mean, yeah. I... I only have a prop than juniors, like even from a hook standpoint, like that's basic. Yeah. I mean, sure, Griffin's 22. He's never actually started even in the Prem or European rugby, but you, you got where you are because you can scrum yeah. no matter what. And this, I still think he's got a great career, but he's almost, I think after that, you said it's simple. I think he's got to make a bit of a mental switch there because in the front, I mean, there's one of them, an older boy at a club right now. Technique's not great, but... If you're getting schooled, you got to have some kind of anger inside of you that you can summon this weird strength yep. and weird angles that you can just fight through it. And it, I don't even think he debated no. or considered. That's the word I'm looking no, for. No, instead he looked to the ref and was like, teacher, teacher, yeah. he's doing it wrong. Yeah, he slapped me. <laughs> yep. And unfortunately, that just ended up where it ended up. And uh, I mean, credit to Genge for being wily because he just took the first tool out of the toolbox and it worked. Yeah. So he never had to do exactly. anything else. Yeah. He has to, though, because the scrummaging isn't up to par. That's what and that's, like, yeah. I was going to say, I think that really speaks to how what was smart. happening there for it's Griffin. Smart. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like an old uh, I was funny reading it. I don't know if you sent me it or something I saw this week, but uh, Joe Moody was talking about scrumming against Nepo Lalala, and he mm. said the same Like, He's so surprisingly like dense through his chest and his shoulders that. If he get when he gets on top of you, like again, usually you think get underneath the guy in the front row. But right. When he gets on top of you, he's got this neat, weird set of strength and skill. I think where he can just drive his chest into a certain spot in your back that right. really folds you and kind of almost restricts your air, and then you're just stuck. So you try to fight it, but you're fighting it so hard you end up committing a penalty. Right. It's really funny. Like I think well, he said he like pins you down basically. Keep an eye on Winnie Antonio because I think he actually does something very similar. Yeah. Because. Uh, which was you, the only thing he did good on the weekend. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Because I like him as a player, but wow. Should we talk about how yeah. really bad the attack for England is? Oh, <sighs> go on. Let's hear it. Uh, so, watching that, trying to watch that game. I mean, George Ford. I like what you said trying to watch because it was, it was a it fight. It was hard to watch. Yeah. It was hard to watch. I mean, I, I generally don't love watching England play because of the way they, they, they strangle all enjoyment out of the game sometimes. But that's just the rugby. Some great characters. But anyways. Oh yeah. With I'm not really sure of having um, what's his face as your attack coach is really gonna help you either. Uh, Saracens nine, 
Wriggles, Wigglesworth, Wigglesworth. Wigglesworth. Wigglesworth yeah. right? So, like, if that attack doesn't start firing, at some point you're going to question, is he the guy for the job? Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, and you, have, you have Dingwall and Alex Mitchell and Freeman, three essential players for Northampton Saints that are lighting up the Prem to yeah. a level that I've never seen before, even in Europe as well. Yeah, you translate those guys into the England camp against two of the weaker teams in the Six Nations, and your attack looks mundane. It yeah. didn't. It didn't look like a backline. It looked like a collection of backs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Elliot Daly. I'm not really no. sure what the point of that is. Forget it. Um, Toss him. Especially he. I, I didn't write it down, but there was at some point he should have had for an international wing. You can't see it at home, but I want to do the air quotes around <laughs> international wing. Mm-hmm. Should have been an easy try. All they do is put the shoulder down and barrel in, and instead he got oh, that was embarrassing. out of bound by some little guy. He, it's like that's not an international wing. You've got to have killer instinct. Like he I didn't want to pay the price. Well, Darcy Graham would have finished that. Yeah, Elliot like, Daly did not want to pay the price no. that was demanded to score that try. Instead, he allowed himself to be bundled into touch, and you can tell because he decided it wasn't worth it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was weird. It's funny you brought up Dingwall because he played a lot better this week. He did. He did. But at the same time, I was laughing. It sounds like he's trying to talk himself out of play. Yeah. Because apparently he's very open that he knows he's not the biggest, fastest, or strongest center. Like, yeah. But you got to shut up. You're yeah. going to have to be playing. Because if coaches realize that, you yeah. might be giving your papers. Get out. But you it was just a funny take. Oh, 100%. But yeah. when you watch him play for Northampton, you look at the guys he's playing up against. He's playing against, again, in England, in the centers, there's a lot of guys that are really, really good that aren't English qualified. And he's exactly. playing against these guys week in, week out, right. yeah. and he shines. He shines. Yeah, know. He knows what he's got yeah. to do, right? Yeah. Uh, I just don't think what England tried to do benefit what he does. No. They're trying to play in a way with if they had Manu or Lawrence at mm-hmm. 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have a guy who's 15 kilos less yeah. and doesn't play that style. Yeah. Which is interesting because apparently Manu is supposed to be fit by next game. If that's the case, then... Yeah, man who starts because they will not deviate from that plan of having that guy. And I don't no. think you can sometimes because I think that's just the way the world works now. Sure. Dante, uh, Aki. Aki, even McCluskey, man. He's a yeah. big man. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? This guy I've always felt bad for in Ireland. Tupelo, too. He's a big man. Yeah. yeah. Nick Tompkins is surprisingly strong. He's not big, but he's yeah. surprisingly strong. He's wily. He, and he's, he's wily. He brings enough wily. to the fight to yeah. be able to hold his own. So, yeah. so for me, I. England can't attack. I understand they stayed in the fight, which I, I find ironic that they're staying in the fight at home in Twickenham. Yeah, like exactly. Wales. Leading the fight. Yeah. But anyways, they're staying in the fight. Now you play the three better teams. Right. Yeah. So let's You're see. in Scotland, and a team you haven't beaten in three years? Yeah, and I think, I think like one in the last five or six. So... Come and see. You know what I mean? And it's then put, and yeah. then you're and then you're up against the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Like the true heavyweights who are going to pin you physically. Yeah. So if they don't... Get stuff going soon. I don't really yeah. like their odds, even though I still pick them and back them. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm happy you brought up that point, who their last three games are, because I was thinking it when they pan... And again, you can only beat who you scheduled to play on the day, and I, I understand that completely. But when they pan to the England, like, Borthwick and Wigglesworth and whoever else is in that box, right when the game... They were so ecstatic, and I'm laughing. I'm like, okay, I'd be worried. That's yeah. relief. You... You, so far, you're 2-0 and against the two teams that everyone are assuming are going to be battling it out. No, you take the wooden spoon. No, you take the wooden spoon. I think spoon. that's relief. And they're hanging, they're barely, you said they're barely hanging on. They've yeah. now won by a total of five points. Well, in the words of Homer Simpson, yeah. aim low, achieve your goals. There you go. Hey, yeah, you can be anything you want to be as long as you're already good at it. <laughs> it, go, it go, before we move on, it goes back to the whole thing. Um, 
ugly and win. Yeah. Oh yeah. Again. That, that's all they're gonna do. Yeah. They're gonna win ugly, and it, yeah. it's because they have to. Because if they are playing ugly and they lose, they will get crucified. If you play miraculously and lose. I think the fan base gener- generally will give you a pass because you're trying things and you're exciting. You're meant right. yeah. to watch. If you're both ugly and losing, you're fucked. Yep. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. they're close to doing both. They're yeah. doing one very well. They're close to doing both. Yeah. Yep. And I think as well, I'm the only Canadian born actually, and the three of us. That's true. But as Canadian rugby people, we, we definitely know what. What ugly, the hell? Ugly How? and sucking. That I, is the weirdest what is that flag? Flag? I was gonna say as th- no, I was gonna say as three Canadian rugby guys, like in my head, like wait, actually, only we're all born <laughs> in three different countries. It's not. But, it's not our fault. Our countries are better. Is that why you left and came here? <laughs> I mean, just throwing that out there? At rugby. Yeah. All right. So this took a turn. Ooh, what let's a, see if we what can, a bar to jump over. Let's see if we can bring this yeah. back. Man. Just okay, so I was up. not expecting that. No, that, that was that, my brain just went through that little, all right, but out so, loud. Got polycharted. Eh? Yeah, so Dylan is now joining the conservative party. <laughs> to don't say Yes, anything. now join. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so then we have our final bizarre game of a bizarre weekend uh, where we have Ireland play Italy. For me, the highlight was that really cute kid who sang. Oh, uh, was uh, it Shane Mulrooney? Oh, yes. I, I thought that was. How did you know the kid's name? I was I looking that it was up. The shortly. Monster Scrum Half. That's twin. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Stevie was... Mulrooney. Stevie Mulrooney. Kid rocked it. Confidence. That kid had a lot of confidence. Yeah. Unlike Italy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm having issues calling it a game without doing the air quotes. Italy, within 15 minutes of their goal line, showed up on defense and were like heat-seeking missiles. Yes. Yeah. The rest of the park, they were just getting trampled through. Yeah. Yeah. Like again, we always talk, mention him because he's great, and he did it again. Fischetti tries single handedly, fantastic, it's good. Eh? And like, I felt bad for Lamaro or Lamaro, however Lamaro. you say. It. Yeah, he. I felt like he was in uh, as Keanu Reeves' character in the replacement set in Quicksand. He was <laughs> oh. trying so hard, and then he kept shooting himself in the foot. Like, yep. I think twice he had a great turnover, and then just basically threw the ball. Oh, and he fumbled it. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I, I felt like, I, and I don't know how to explain this to somebody who's not a fan of the Six Nations, Italy still kind of suck, but they're much better yeah. than they used to be. Yeah. So they still suck, mm-hmm. and I still have no way of seeing how they're going to pull a win out of this tournament, but they are so much better than what they were. They're still fun to watch. That's the thing. They're fun to watch. Just not so much today. No, no. They have like passes, passes of play, but... I think that... It's also a little bit more of a ta- uh, tip of the hat to Ireland, too, because of Ireland's defense. Ireland's defense is, is quite hard to crack. Oh, right? God, yeah. So Italy was always going to be up against a challenge there. But to go, to lose only by 36, I think it was, to right. a really dominant Ireland team. And I think the score doesn't really reflect the game. And Stephen Varney, that tackle on Sheehan, when Sheehan had, oh. I mean, he had no right to stop Sheehan. No. Sheehan is a big, he's a, he's a pretty decent sized hooker. Oh, yeah. And Varney's not very big. No. He, he did. He he took all that impact and still got over and made him knock it on. Oh yeah, all the credit there. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say there's a bit of bias, I think, by the refing there. I mean, you asked Craig Casey if he was okay. He got rocked. He didn't ask Varney. You didn't ask Varney. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so because I, th- I thought he was dead. Luke got shocked. I'm actually quite glad <laughs> you brought that up because I have a question. So Luke Pierce, I think he's I think he's one of the better refs in the world. Agreed. But I thought he was extremely generous today in a few ways. I thought if there was. A questionable penalty to give to Italy in terms of in the field of play, like Ruck, 
guy not rolling away. He was quite generous to Italy, I thought. He's yeah. quite good. But when it came to Ireland scoring, I'm not sure if it's this unconscious bias that Ireland are going to score Ireland or the better teams for Ireland are going to win this game. So the, the, the Henshaw try just gave it. Right. Right away. 55-minute mark, yeah. I'm just thinking, mm, okay, 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 cool, 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 cool. But then, again, he does it again later on in the game. I forgot who knocked it on. Oh, what, right at the end? Yeah. That would have been 41 points? I think that uh, Gibson Park. Gibson, Gibson Park. Park. And again, same thing. Very generous. Yeah. Right. And I'm thinking, like, I understand. Ireland probably should be the winners of this game. Yeah. But you are still the referee, and you still need to ref what's in front of you. Yeah. If you're not sure, just fucking say you're not sure. Right. Yeah. Don't just in, in, assume Ireland are scoring because they're that fucking good. Right. And Italy doesn't deserve a chance. When Sheehan bizarrely ran into Capuzzo, yeah. rather than take the acres of open grass in front of him and said, no, let's make this a challenge. Yeah. And it was a did. lot tougher to score after than he thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, like, it was. Wow. Yeah. But I'm happy you brought the Henshaw one first because, and the way you described the roughing because that play shouldn't even have happened because it well, started not. with the Sheehan, 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 whatever. Yeah, That's my yeah, it's up, a knock apparently. on from yeah. Barney. Knocks it on. Yeah. But then, maybe within the next two phases, a very clear forward ball to Andrew Porter Right in front of the right in front of the post, and I think it was either off of that one or the next breakdown where Henshaw goes and scores. And I like when I saw the review, I'm like, oh, is it the knock on with Ford? Oh, neither. It's the no, grounding. It's the okay, grounding. yeah. I thought that was very interesting. I was thinking the same thing. I don't know if you guys saw it. Like, don't get me wrong, Crowley's no look pass. Phenomenal. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Phenomenal. But get a good angle of it because it looks forward to me. Oh yeah, there's a lot of it. Right. For me, and it's easy to say it when it's Ireland being beating Italy. I will take more of a play-on approach from a ref yeah. anyway. But I do think that you're right to note that it was particularly a play-on approach for one side. It's like, boys, yeah. we all know who's going to take this, yeah. so yeah. here we go. But like, I, I will take the pluses and the minuses of a ref that says play-on and we get a decent open game rather than a referee who, like England, attempts to strangle all life and joy out of a match. Yeah. Absolutely, over the ref that's like, well, I'm going to stop, I'm going to get the uh, protractor out, and oh, you passed it two degrees forward, can't, exactly. can't let it happen. But it just, the reason that the Porter one got me is because I saw, like, you saw it happen live, that it was cleared forward, and I instantly looked where the ref was, he, he was basically right in line with the guy who passed it, so in my head, I'm like, how, that's a weird, you're watching, how did you miss that? Right. It was a very, that's the one I was like, that, I don't really understand why you let go. Yeah, it makes you wonder if there was something to the camera angle. Because yeah. if somebody's right next to it and they're like, oh, no, that was cool. It's like, is something wrong with my eyes? Yeah. Well, apparently, I don't know what forward means. Well, apparently, you don't know what Canadian means either. But that's a story for another day. Yeah, it is a story for another apparently knows what that means. I, still, <laughs> I, was, I was quite surprised they gave Man of the Match to James Lowe. Well, yeah, because yeah, you hate James Lowe. But yeah, that, that's besides the fact. Everyone hates James Lowe. But that wasn't the only... No, I agree with you. Uh, I was just like... It felt like, was this out of, in the absence of a better idea? Like, Crowley, like, don't get me wrong, you missed a couple kicks, I get that. But, right. like, phenomenal. the no-look pass looked amazing. The offload on that try, yeah. like, he seemed to do extremely well, exactly what you needed him to. But I could have seen it going oh. to Kalen Doris or Jack Conan. Hey, fun fact. Did you know that Lamaro and Kalen Doris are both born in 98, and they both captained their U-20 teams? Together at the same time at the 2018 World Cup. That is both a fun fact and something I did not know. Yeah. I also appreciate the fact that neither of you brought up the fact that Josh Vanderfleer did not start in this game. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. oh, I, I knew you knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew you knew. God damn yeah. it. 
Yeah, my predictions between well, I mean, thank God I picked other people. I picked three. I didn't just pick the yeah, other three because yeah. otherwise I'd be in deep trouble. But remember, I picked France to take this, and I am so yeah, I know. so utterly lacking in confidence for that decision. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I took France as well, and right now they should be owned too. They should be. Yes, yeah. they absolutely should be. You guys thought I was the fool, eh? Look oh, at no. me now. Oh, oh yeah. You swept the, the two, wooden spoon contenders. The two easiest wow. games for England. Still 2-0, oh, baby. God. Still God. on for a grand slam. Yeah, you, you're really <laughs> drinking the English juice. You're just right in there. And for, in the, fa- for the listeners at home, <sighs> JT is fist bumping the air right now. So in a very is, posh way. In a very posh <laughs> yeah. English way. So oh. It's just absolutely appalling. You drank all the Colts juice, eh? Wow. wow. I also picked Barkus Smith to be like player of the tournament. He hasn't even played in a game yet. So. Well, he's, maybe he's directing things from afar. Yeah. The yeah. same way Vanderfleer is advising all the other Irish forwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, lads. Biggest surprise of the weekend. I mean, it's... You have won? I, I, well, I don't know, because I think it's not surprising that Wales and England was as boring as we were afraid it was going to be. Uh, that's not surprising at all. It's not surprising that Ireland beat Italy. What are the actual surprises from this weekend? You know, I don't know if it's an absolute surprise, but one I really enjoyed was Tommy Rafael has always got, I mean, unbelievable turnover machine, tackling animal. He's always been, like, kind of in doubt because of his lack of attacking. Mm-hmm. He created so much on attack. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know what try it was, but he... Like, 15, 10 to 15 meter run, kind of struck someone off, hit the offload, and then that guy had the try assist. Yeah, it was offload but, to uh, uh, the nine. Yeah, he played Williams or whichever. Thomas Williams? Yeah. Thomas Williams, who gave it back to Alex Mann. Yeah, mm. and I mean, I, I even put like, I put like maybe nine notes, at least four of them are Rafael. Mm. And I put it like down 16 to 14. 75 minutes into the game, he gets another turnover in his own half, gives Wales another chance. Yeah, it was and astonishing. Like, he was the best player on the field in that game. Yeah, he should have got, got, got man of the match. Exactly. So got and, they, and they have given man of the match to guys on losing teams before. Yeah. It's not Wayne Wright like last week. Yeah, it's not like it's without precedent. Yeah. You should just do it. If, yeah, if there's a guy who's not like, it's not even questionable. He's the best player on the field. Yeah. Give him what he deserves. I understand he's on the losing side, but he was the difference maker that made that side so much closer. Yeah, exactly. It made it a game. Exactly. So what about you, JT? Any surprises? Yeah, I, actually, I think a lot. I think. I think the biggest thing that, I've, that that has caught me off guard, again, the level of play isn't the greatest in terms of this Six Nations. Maybe that's because of the hangover from the World Cup. But the new guys, like yeah. everyone with no caps, few caps, mm. under 10 caps, quite surprising how good a lot of these guys are. Jack Crowley looked amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, Patterson, I've seen play once. I haven't even seen him play for Edinburgh. And I've watched him play a couple of times. I haven't even seen him play. I thought he looked yeah. Look like he, he's been he looked like he was times. at home. Look, man. He's, he's been playing for a while. Went it at Wales. Again, he made, I think, two mistakes that I could I noticed, but he still looks the part. Yeah, he probably started the day by his mom waking him up and putting the cereal out. <laughs> yeah. Like, did pretty good. <laughs> I mean, so I, you know what I thought, actually, during the game? He reminded me a lot of a guy who I think does not get any cre- enough credit for his running is Hugo Keenan. He is way too small to run that upright and like arrogantly like love it. But well, if you that guys, was Patterson just came on. Nope, this is how I play. I'm going to do it. If you guys ever watch Shane Williams play, Shane Williams yeah. is a little guy used to yeah. run. Right? Yeah, 
I love it. But Keenan Keenan was astonishing on the day. Yeah, well, he's the one that took the, the mark in the 22 quick tap, started it going. That's what led to the Crowley's yep. first try. Yeah. It was all him getting it going. For me, Again, for me, it's just it's how I thought a lot of the younger guys have really shown up this Six Nations. Besides Ireland, Ireland's whole team has really made or the reason why they're winning so much. It's a lot of the younger guys that have stepped up for all of their teams. Right. I have, I've been finding, right? Yeah. Um, Francis Wing. I, I'm not even going to try to say his name. Uh, a little chip and chase. Bielberry. Yeah. Oh. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Alex Mann stepping up, taking that. Oh, Tommy Which you, you could take Mann even further because I said he only even got in camp because the guys went down at Cardiff. Yeah. Right. He only, so he had to yeah. step up there. Yeah. And he stepped way up. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's move you in the red shirt. And there so you go. It's a lot of seasoned campaigners that are not even in the limelight right now. It's right. the younger guys that are taking their chances. Yeah. My my big surprise, how unglued France look. Yeah, it's bizarre. Because out of all these sides, there's been relatively little change to France's lineup. Yeah. Aside from the obvious, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. In terms of Dupont, and maybe a little bit in terms of Entomac, but they didn't have him for the World Cup. No. And you yet... Yeah, you can't fault Jolly Bear for no, you can't. going on. Well, you oh, can fault Jelly Bear for that. It wasn't very good. You though. can fault Jelly oh, no. Bear for that yeah. terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. I just, I just mean like in right. broader terms. No, that terrible beard. Playing. Like as a beard aficionado, he needs to kind of oh, lighten yeah. that up at the bottom because that's not looking good. But very little has changed in that France lineup, and yet they look completely unstuck. They look so vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you and I agreed on it that. Like we're basically losing all credibility on this podcast already because we you said, guys and ninety percent of the pundits in the world pick France. Oh yeah, so, exactly. And we said it should like losing one guy. It yes. doesn't make sense. Let the record world. show. I am now making a Super Bowl catch motion for the bone that JT just. Threw. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, we uh, losing one guy and was even funnier as we said that was why Ireland weren't going to be good was losing, like, Sexton. losing Sexton and it's then just, hey they actually can play exciting rugby now. like come mm-hmm. on it's insane alright so yeah uh, now to finish things off with our front row of the week last week we had Dylan pick the tight head JT picked the hook and I picked no, the loose head I did hook oh you did hook yeah okay well apparently I don't remember anything at all we're going to get JT to pick the hooker this time. Who's, oh, who is okay. your hooker pick? Okay. We have who's, not prepped this in advance. This is all yeah. off the seat of our pants. Yeah. That's who easy. is your favorite hooker from your weekend? This is easy. <laughs> this is my favorite hooker. Usually, like, my favorite all time, actually. Um, again, if I was picking a Lions team tomorrow, this is this is going to be a bold claim, but I don't see how you cannot pick um, George Turner. Very good. Exactly. Yes. He does. Yeah. He he does his core things. I think well. Beast. I think there's there's probably hookers out there who probably do core stuff probably better. Yeah. Maybe like percentages, accuracy, all that stuff. But what he gives you on the field as another guy, like as another flanker, almost in a way. Yeah, it's unbelievable. He is a machine. He is a machine. But like, in no other way does he remind me of Dane Coles. But in terms of being an extra rogue factor yeah. forward on the field, yeah. Yeah. that he does. Exactly. He's a menace. But yeah, continue. Yeah, he's a menace. But I mean, you look at all the all, all the things that went well. And again, I didn't prep this, and I would I would love to say Dan Sheehan, but I think again, I think Ireland are the sum of its parts more than the players itself. Mm-hmm. I think Sheehan's a very good player. I got to give it to Elliot D because I think yes, he is very overlooked, well. especially being a guy at the Dragons. I think yeah. he's overlooked. I don't think I think if they had all their hookers available, I don't think he'd even be in the squad or he'd be third choice. So, yeah. got to give it to Elliot D, man, because look, he didn't. I don't think he blew up the world. No, but 
he was a known factor. His lineups were on target. Every time he carried, he didn't mm -hmm. go backwards. Exactly. He caught everything. And I mean, it, that's a blow bar to catch. But let's be honest, there's a lot of drop balls this weekend. Right. And when England is running those kind of huge bodies at yeah. you yeah. to be able to keep your cool, it's impressive. Yeah. So Elliot D. Yeah, that's what I had as well. Yeah. So just on, I literally just wrote D, workhorse. It's funny because I came prepped for a loose head. I don't know why. Loose head well, was, I was came, was tricky. see, I have an absolute clear pick in my mind for loose head, oh, okay. but that's not really fair. We're going to have to give it to Dylan to pick a loose head because I know you're going to pick the same guy I'm going to pick. I, no that's, pressure. That's interesting because I don't even know. No really? pressure. I okay. was, honestly, I was torn. Yeah, you go. You do it. All right. Know. If I'm picking loose head, I'm picking Fischetti. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was 50-50 between him and just Schumann's sheer work rate. Okay, again. fair. Fair. I'm picking Fischetti. This guy, if he, I think that right now he can make an argument for being top five loose heads in the world. Uh, his work rate is unbelievable. This is a prop who jackals. Exactly. And he's jackling yeah. against Ireland for yeah, God's sakes. The team puts out like five jacklers every week. Exactly. So I thought his performance was fantastic in the scrum, in set play, and in the loose. Every he did everything he could. To help his Italy side get to a win, I think that we talk about we talk about him a lot on on the pod. But I think in general he's underrated. I hope he gets the notice that he deserves. Yeah. Keep on doing what you're doing, Fischetti, because that freaking rocks. Yeah, because to me it's it's funny. I almost, I almost not have an issue, but I would debate the way you phrase the fact you would argue he's top five. I think you'd have to argue why he wouldn't be. Oh yeah. I think you'd have to go that way. Oh yeah. But so who do you pick for tight end? So I really wanted to go Bealum because I just. Just guy's phenomenal, but always yeah. short. But I'm actually going to give it to Azarati. Ah, okay. Just, it was the first game I've watched him play where I specifically was watching him. And he was everywhere. Doesn't look like he belongs there. No. Doesn't look like he should be able to run. Yeah. But he scrummed well, played phenomenal. He was always there. I'm pretty sure he's the one that, uh, I mean, again, it shouldn't have been a yellow. But right. he took the shoulder right to the face and just carried on. And what I liked about it the most is it took so long, I think, for them to stop to look at that because he didn't get up throwing hands up. He literally just carried on like, oh, yeah, it's rugby. You get hit in the face sometimes. Yep. Like, I really wanted to go beal him. I was almost biased towards that going into the weekend when I saw he was starting because, like, the guy's so unfortunate. I'm liking the pattern him. here. We avoided picking anyone from Ireland. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. That's true. Well, they're so dominant. It's easy to pick them. It's and actually, I found it odd that they... Way Andy Farrell's brain works. So last week he played France. You, I get you want Keen Healy on the bench behind Porter for scrummaging stuff. Then you you're playing Italy, who realistically Ireland's allowed to be arrogant going into this game. You don't sure. and they show you don't didn't leave second gear. I don't even think they thought about it. But yeah. why would you start Porter again, leave Keen Healy out of the game and put I mean I, I actually wrote Lofman, whatever. No, I actually got twenty four right. minutes. Why wouldn't you have started him or Healy and done that combo? I have Porter, a theory about that. Porter get the week off. I have a theory about that. I think Porter needed the confidence boost. Well, because when they I played, think he did enough to take it. No, yeah, no, I, I don't think that I, was. I, I, don't think it was success, I don't think it was a success. He's got fifty caps, but I think man. that was the plan. That, but when you look at what France did to him, yeah, if that's the guy that you've invested your time and your plans into being your starting loose head. Yeah. You need him to be able to come back from the game he had against France. Yeah, it's. I was thinking about today, watching, laughing because again, uh, he's actually he's act, uh, tight end for Italy. He was an ex Edinburgh guy. Uh, oh, uh, the starter. Yeah, Richie. Uh, no, 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 he's still injured. Oh no, no. Him and Ferrer. Cesarelli, Cesarelli, Cesarelli. Yeah, uh, he spent a couple years at Edinburgh. And, like he's a really good tight end. 
I, did, I was honestly completely unaware he was going to be starting, but I was laughing my head, thinking, like, you know, poor... I can't think of another country where you have a prop that is so instrumental to your gameplay, but is at best 50-50 at scrum time. It's I think really it's so looking funny. that way. It's so funny to me. Like, almost good on Porter is, like, you... You're proving you're a 50-50 scrummer at this level, but the way you play open field, they just automatically select you because yeah. you are an animal. But it's just funny, dude. He he was a tight head. They act, like when he got, got to Leinster, they shifted him to loose because Leinster have this rolling again conveyor belt of tight heads. Loose said they're like, well, this guy is an unbelievably freakish strong dude, and he played a bit of loose head when he was younger. So right. okay, we'll put him back. Well, he probably went to tight head when things got like academy level. Because they realized he was better at it than loose, and it's funny they tried to do the opposite. I one of the things that I'm watching as sort of a developing story over the tournament is whether or not Andrew Porter finds his feet. Yeah. Again, we're saying this about a guy who's got 50 caps. Exactly. Agreed. And yet, the sheer amount of penalties that he that he's gotten, and I mean, if you look at if you include last year's Six Nations and the World Cup. And this year's Six Nations. And yeah, you're talking about a guy who's now at the 50 cap level. Yeah. But he does not look like he has nailed down that spot. No. I mean, James Ryan's also got 50 caps. Oh, James Ryan. I never understood him anyways, but yeah, that's, no. that's beyond me. Yeah. And it was funny, I was so, I've always felt that way. And I was almost hesitant to say it out loud for a while. Because I'm like, I think people are going to say, oh, this guy doesn't know rugby. But I'm like, no, I don't see what's going on. No. And now they even said during the game, he's, they're like, oh, he's falling, falling down the pecking order to the third. Like, yep. I think he's fourth. <laughs> right now, Henderson, and he showed us. Yeah. Come on, he's just everywhere. He's and kind of like a, uh, he's like a Joe Launchbury, I think, in a sense. Yep. But a little, a little bit more fight. Yeah. And slightly less launch, not athletic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, and we let, let's spare a moment to to mention Joe McCarthy's defense. Yeah. Again, deceptively fast and a wrecking crew. Yeah, my like is what he the hit he did on was a Crowley. He showed intelligence by reading. Like he he smoked him. Can we see? It was Can we see? Oh yeah, jeez, what am I talking? Yeah, that would have been mean. Crowley. Oh, his own guy. Wow, that would have been a great story. No, but, but I, I know exactly. Yeah. I know exactly the hit you're talking yeah, about. Because they said you know, he just drifted right off. He literally ran through a guy he should have been marking realistically, because yeah. he could just tell. But he like, read the play. That's intelligence. That's a twenty almost twenty three year old. Yeah. Gigantic lock. Yeah, it, like it was a, seeing him put his arms around Garbisi was just yeah. Like, this is a giant. <laughs> he disappeared for a child. Yeah, he disappeared for a moment. So, uh, do you guys want to talk about the little bits of Rugby Canada stuff that we actually have? Hooray! Let's talk about a little bit try, of Rugby Canada. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> the good thing is the women are doing the Pacific Four stuff again. Um, none of the games are at home. They're going to be in the U.S., New Zealand, and uh, Australia. The only, the only bugbear about mine with this is they're scheduled April 27th. And, if, and again, I'd have to double-check my numbers, but I'm pretty sure our best players are still playing in the Premier League in England. Right. So that date. Yeah. Which right. pisses me off. Yeah. Because our women should be playing WX1. Yes. Uh, not two. Correct. Yeah. So, and it, the first thing I think of is, no, you think our star number eight was also our goal kicker? Yeah. Oh, she's she's the we needed? Yeah, you think she points in, in the prem, in yeah, the premiership exactly. as well. She's doing Saracens, isn't she? Yeah. 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 So... I, I, I hope I hope something gets figured out. I don't know if it's the fact that like, I, obviously they can't leave their teams, but I really hope that something works out because if we lose and we're not in WXV one, I'm going to be pretty pissed off because Correct. that's where we belong to be because of calendars. Yeah, and this is a world rugby thing. World rugby needs to get their heads out of their asses, in my opinion. Anyways, um, that's very interesting. I wonder what the contract like 
again, if I was in her shoes there where I'm like that valuable, I would, and I, I'm going to assume loves playing for Canada. Yeah. I, I, I'd put in the contract. My me, country calls and leave them. Like, me and, me and Kelsey looked at it the other day and like, there's not a lot of money. No. So there's, I don't think that's there's much fair, money yeah. for them. So I'd imagine, but then again, you want to leave your club. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough yeah. one. So that's for them to figure out. Again, this, it doesn't, it's not, I don't want to say it benefits New Zealand, Australia. It, I don't think it's how it has to be looked at. I just don't think it negatively impacts them as it does America and Canada. No. Especially that first weekend. Yeah, I think that's fair. The other stuff is, so I think the men's program is in such a state that I guess Seattle Seawolves, MLR, decided to say, hey, we need an exhibition game before the season starts. Do you want to play? And Canada said, yeah, why not? Let's play a selects game. So Because our national A squad is so great, we can... Send a B squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently. Well, it's, I'd imagine the B squad will be all homegrown guys that are, are, don't even play anywhere. Yeah. So every single one of them won't be a part of MLR. So it'll be very, very raw. Again, I have a lot of dis disdain's not the word. I have a lot of questions that again probably won't get answered because Rugby Canada doesn't seem to answer anything for anyone. But um, a quote from Kingsley is this is a quality competition opportunity and chance for our coaching staff to watch and work with some up and coming Canadian talent sorry Canadian players in high performance environment oh yes the famous high performance <laughs> yeah. environment that everyone's got to go to Langford BC for because you know it's so accessible in a country that's not that big um, yeah we'll just chuck it on the the farthest left except for the island yeah, yeah. So. no Langford is the island it is? yeah oh, oh perfect let's even make it further Lang- just a little Lang- bit more I think something. You're thinking of Langley. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Having more, again, quote, way more accessible. Quotes from King, Kingsley. Having more frequent opportunities such as this to come together for matches against competition like the Sea Wolves is important for the continued growth and development of our men's program. This is something that we want to build on, and we're excited to get to work with this group. Okay, so I, there's, a, there's, <laughs> there's something I really want to understand here, though, is it, it's important for the continued growth and development. Yeah, I know. Growth. What Continue? fucking growth? Yeah. Okay, so here's what I see as the plan. The plan is for Kingsley Jones to keep on looking for smaller and smaller pools until we can find a pool where we are a big fish in the small pond. And yeah, the we gotta, size, we gotta the, find a puddle. That the I size of his intended and... pond keeps shrinking. Because how can you possibly be talking about growth and development if you're not talking about your national team playing other national teams? Yeah. But every, t- but every time we do that, we lose, and that looks really bad. Yeah. So instead, pick an environment that doesn't mean shit, but that nobody can possibly measure. So it's not like you can say, oh, yeah, we just lost to Chile. No, instead, it's we are fostering a high-performance environment by playing an MLR team because there's no international shame in that. Yeah. You know, instead, it's like, no, we're going to uh, Poland and Latvia, but Kingsley Jones won't do that anymore because when we lose to Latvia... Yeah. More people are gonna call for his head. Let's not let's not be fools here too. This is the same organization that when they rehired him and extended his contract, they included a win on his win loss category as a win against Cambridge, Canada against Cambridge. Yeah, they so put that insane. under his win category. Okay, so they they I don't think this opportunity with the Sea Wolves will also see Pacific Pride Academy take the pitch. So that's that's actually that sounds great. Yeah. The Arrows Academy yeah. is still going. The Pacific Pride Academy is still going. Why don't you just put those teams together? <laughs> yeah. Let's just put those, let's bring both of them. Let's play the Seawolves and the Seawolves Academy. Two games each. Why is it that it's the Canada Selects game? Because I don't, I don't get it. This, 
Kingsley Jones has to be probably one of the worst hires we've ever had, and yet we've which time him. <laughs> well, when he destroyed what Russia had going on, we decided let's give this guy a chance, and then we further kind of look at Rob Halley. First chance he got, he hijacked. Gone, him here. yeah, gone. Oh, you'll you'll have me back. This uh, was his time what in that, hell. What does that tell you? Yep. So no, it, that's clearly, clearly what the message is is that. Our fully adult arm wrestler is going to wrestle younger and younger arm wrestlers until he finds one he can beat. Yeah. We're hoping in the U12 division that he will experience the success in a high-performance environment and maximize his goals. Okay, get lost, man. This is Anybody who has any pride in the history of Canadian rugby knows that this is bullshit. Oh, even now that I'm laughing, I'm just keep thinking back, like, can you call that a high-performance environment? No! Yeah, but that's all we got, unfortunately. That's all we got. Oh, yeah, but I just need to call it a high performance. Like, I'm five foot six. If I'm tall, I don't say I'm tall, I say I'm less short. <laughs> I mean, it's. That's, it, oh. So, I will, give, I will leave you with, one, with something. Since the Six Nation is on a bye week, and uh, not many people watch the European Championship, I've caught quite a few games already. Yeah. I will recommend this weekend coming up because it's the two bigger games. Georgia plays Spain, which should be a good game mm, worth yeah. to watch. And Portugal plays Romania. And again, those are the better games. Those are the better four teams in the entire competition. So it could be games. Since there's going to be no rugby this weekend, it's decent games to watch. Second, we have Rugby Pass TV. Uh, rugby Pass, or literally the Rugby European Championship website. You just got to log, in, like sign up. Oh, yeah. It's just like email your information, but you sign up and you can watch all their stuff for free. Yeah, I really hope. I would love to see the Georgia Spain game, kind of the way you described. Was it uh, Spain's game from last week? Where like there's not a TMO. No, that was all of it. Rugby European Championship doesn't have TMOs. Okay, so I think uh, Spain, <laughs> Spain better uh, yeah. stay square because yeah. George, they'll swing. Yeah. They'll swing and then ask the guy beside why did I swing? But, yeah, mm-hmm. again, that's another thing I have a question. Like, it, there's four games in European Championship every weekend. They don't have a TMO. Yeah, exactly. If this is Division Two of the best European competition possible for rugby, we should probably have a TMO. So if we just cut a little bit of the CEO of World Rugby's salary, we can free up some money to pay for some oh, TMOs. Oh, sir, Bill Balmont, the M... I don't, know, I don't even know how many titles he has. OBE, MBA, WNBA. <laughs> the man. The man. He is the man. All right, everybody. And if you're interested in a new feature, if you'd like to send us your questions or comments, please send them to crouchbindsetpod at gmail.com. No nudes. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon. And as always, fuck Kingsley Kingsley Jones. Jones. Have a great week, everybody.